legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. We'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to the LPN Show. I am Ben Kissel, and today I am honored to have with me my friend and my guest. You may have seen his hour special, Blowing the Light. Uh, he also has a Comedy Central half-hour special, and he also has a kick-ass podcast called Long Days with Giannis Papas. So naturally, I am talking with my man Giannis Papas. Giannis, thanks so much for being on the show, my Greek god! You are welcome. Thank you for having me. And you have turned into a Viking god. I know, man. I've done my quarantine look. I went to try to get a haircut the other day, but I think I stumbled upon some alt-right barbershop because I walked in and the guy looks at me like, we don't cut long hair. And I was like, what do you mean you don't cut long hair? He's like, yeah, we don't do long hair. We do like fades and stuff, but like for white dudes. So I don't know what that necessarily implies politically. And then he also looked at me and was like, also, we don't do beards. So I just left. I was like, do you do bush hair? Do you do butt hair? What do you do with this barbershop? So it seems like the universe has told me to keep it longer. And I'm just going to keep it until it connects with said pubes. And I'll play it like a freaking stand-up bass. Absolutely, man. <laughs> if, you do, if you do that TikTok silhouette challenge, people will think you're Bigfoot because you're a tall drink of water. And with that beard and that hair, you could be in a Slim Jim commercial. Well, one I you know I actually auditioned many times to be Bigfoot and I never got one of them, which was really freaking upsetting. And one of the reasons was I do know for a fact I was too big for the suit because <laughs> they had this is how ass backwards they were. I, I forget it may have been Slim Jim or one of the other beef jerky, uh, maybe maybe uh, oh I don't I, I forget the Jack Links Jack Links. And they got the suit before they cast the part, so they had to fill the suit. And that's how little they cared about the the true nature of the Sasquatch that I embodied. They didn't care. They went for superficial, five foot ten, handsome Sasquatch. BS. <laughs> By the way, uh, speaking of that alt right barbershop, uh, a lot of people are mad at the alt right, and they should be. But the thing that they should also be mad about uh, them about it and they and they rarely are is they ruined a perfectly good haircut and they ruined they ruined a perfectly good shirt i used to love fred (laughs) perry shirts i had i had to poshmark all my fred perry shirts (laughs) and i gotta say i think who i sold them to were proud boys but you know what it's a pandemic i took their money Dude, why can't any of these crazy groups dress horribly so they can leave the clothes that look good to the people who aren't fascists? If you're a fascist, you should have to dress maybe, oh, I was going to say Jinkos, but the Jinko is coming back and I don't even want to malign the great gene that is the Jinko. Maybe a Zuba, but then I also like the Zuba. You know what I'm going to say? The khaki zip the, the long pant khaki that can also unzip into the shorts. That's what they should be forced to wear because no man in their right mind would ever purchase such a deceptive pair of leggings. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I would. Love they always to- choose the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just don't ruin great clothes for us. 
SNL, that's a sketch for you. Do it. Do fashion. Do it, SNL. Do fashion, a fashion designer for uh, for for gangs and for political groups. Well, you think about what happened after Columbine. I mean, number one, when it comes to uh, the alt-right, thank God they didn't co-opt pro wrestling t-shirts and shirts with horror icons on them. Otherwise, my entire wardrobe would be thrown out the freaking window because uh, I can't be I, I can't be associated with those schmucks. But you look at Columbine. How many friends did you see? I'm I grew uh, I graduated in 2000. I'm 39 years old. I know you're just a scotch earlier, but you know Columbine. I had a lot of friends who liked the trench coat look. A lot of friends who were goth. A lot of friends who wanted to not hide shotguns in their in their trench coat. Mostly Snickers bars and occasionally weed. And then all of a sudden Columbine happens. Trench coats are gone. What are we supposed to be freaking wearing? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the tragic aspects of when <laughs> evil happens is those fashions, those names. I mean, how many yep. names? Nobody calls their kids Pol Pot anymore. No. Nobody kids calls their kids, uh, you know, uh, Adolf. Joseph. I mean, Joseph is still there. We need to put people who call their kids Joseph on notice. Joseph Stalin, the man of steel. Yep. He's People still name him Joe, and I think that's just because. But Yanni, that's Joseph with an F. You're right. You're right. So that Joseph, changes it. That changes it. Yeah. So Joseph. The, That's like uh, Joseph with an F is the same thing as a Tom with an H. A Tom. You're going to be a freaking fat. I don't know why that name is going to make you a fascist, because by very nature, you are a lie. Yes. Yes. Um, so you're right. So there are no there are no um, Joseph's with an F. You're right. No. Also, speaking of names, Giannis, this is the white question of the day. Where that? Why? Why you called that? <laughs> this is where I say, why you called that Giannis Papas? Yeah, you know, it's funny is because now my name, my name before Giannis Atatakembo on uh, on the, he's made the name famous. So yes, with the Milwaukee Bucks. With yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks. So a lot of people just think, oh, now they ask me if I have an African name. But Gian, but he has Giannis with the G. You got Giannis with the Y. Yeah, but you can. That's the thing about the Greeks. We're sneaky little. We're sneaky little fellas. Don't trust us. You can spell Giannis a few ways. You can spell it Y I A or G I A. Same name, and then Yanni, that little sneaky guy. He oh took the my. S off the end, which is also something you can do. So we all essentially have the same name. And Yanni, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks of the Milwaukee Bucks, he's Greek. He grew up in Greece. And the Greeks love him. They travel with flags and they, they support yeah. him. It's great. Yeah, it's well, great. Well, as, as they should, Antetokounmpo, freaking amazing. Although the Bucks could be playing a little bit better right now. But they you know, could. That's, that's a conversation for a whole nother day. Just, there's not a lot of Greeks and all the Greeks that are in this country go to see his games. And <laughs> that's why my career is still not at the next level is because there's just not enough Greeks. There's only like one million in the country. Um, sometimes I wish I, if I was South Asian dude and I had a South Asian <laughs> character like Mr. Panos, I would have exploded and been doing arenas in all the Greek towns in every city. Mr. Panos, of course, a great character that Giannis plays along with Mauricia, a fantastic, uh, I believe Puerto Rican, correct character that you play. Uh, very, very wonderful character. When people nowadays ask me if that's me, I say, no, that's not me because <laughs> now that's, it's just illegal now. Well, it's not like you are. Uh, it's not like you are Alec Baldwin's wife. How you say cucumber? Like you were like, hey, by the way, I'm Giannis. I'm doing a character, and her whole life is a lie. Uh, which I think that's kind of what we're exploring today. People whose people whose whole lives are lies, and that was her. So you're not doing bad. You couldn't. You can't pretend to be any other thing other than Greek. You're so freaking Greek. Yeah, I mean, you could look at my eyebrows. They look like caterpillars that are going to turn into butterflies and fly off my face. That's so what you, my eyebrows look like. So you got the special blow in the light, right? So this story, can you talk about this? Because obviously stand-up was a thing, ladies and gentlemen. And you know I'm serious because I've said ladies and gentlemen. Back in 2019, stand-up comedy, a person would stand on a stage and tell jokes into a microphone, often to the laughter of others and dare I say delight. <laughs> Giannis did one of those wonderful events, a.k.a. stand-up comedy, in his special Blowing the Light. Why is it called Blowing the Light? Because this story, I just, like, I love your story for this special so much because it is the embodiment of show up, be ready, and you never know what the hell is going to happen. What is it? Preparedness with showing the F up makes a whole bunch of big deal. I don't know what the quote is, but you did it. I think that's the exact quote, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Andrew Schultz, the comedian, he um, he produced. I'm putting my daughter's headband on because I now see we're that. Serious. 
Um, <laughs> he, uh, he produced it for me and directed it. And we just had this idea that we would shoot it at New York Comedy Club, which is a beautiful comedy club. And the whole story would be like, hey, I was just coming to do a set. And he, he was like, why don't you just shoot your special? I was like, OK, so blow the light. As we know, as comedians, blowing the light means you go longer than your allotted time. So right. I blew the light and did a special. And for those that don't know, of course, Andrew Schultz, he's got the show on Netflix right now. Uh, he's fantastic. Very, very funny. Wonderful man. For those that don't know, blowing the light, when a comedian blows the light, they're usually bombing. It's usually a comedian who has dug themselves in such a hole and they're so desperate like Batman, like the or like like the first Christopher Nolan Batman film when he's in the bottom of the cave and they're so desperate to get out. But unfortunately, it's never going to happen for them. They refuse to admit that they're already dead in the water. And as comedians sitting there waiting, knowing that the show has a time limit and the person is gouging their time, it can be infuriating. But of course, when Giannis Papas blows the light to film a special, it's nothing but glorious. It was all fake. Yeah, I didn't. No comedians were hurt during the filming of that special. No comedians times were taken. It was all fake. I don't want to pull the curtain back. Oh, no. Not, but it was fake. We faked the whole thing. Everyone was there to see the special. They weren't just there to see a showcase comedy show. What else are you faking? Oh, uh, don't. Yeah, I'm faking. Are you that. Armenian? Because you could probably co- pull off Turkish. Armenian. Turkish. Oh, well, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> Go with Armenian. <laughs> yeah. The Turks and the Greeks, because the Turks enslaved Greece for like 400 years for the most part. So those are Greeks arch. Nem- uh, that's the arch nemesis of Greeks. I did 23 and me and I found out that I'm a good old 36 percent Turk. Dude, I am not doing it. I'm not doing the DNA ancestry, not because I don't want to know where I'm from. My dad's from Germany. My grandfather, you know, he was uh, he was all over Europe. I'm a, I'm a smattering of, of everything. But just in case I have a serial killer out there that's related to me, I don't want to blow up their spot. You know, or what if what if there's a bunch of children? What if there's somebody who has a bunch of children out there that he doesn't want anybody else to know? And he happens to be related to me tangentially. And next thing you know, because of my DNA, now this entire life's this entire guy's life is shattered because all of his kids are like, whoa, you're my dad. And I had no idea that I was doing all of this. I was just trying to figure out why my hair is so red and I'm so damn tall. Right. Yeah. No, you don't want to open up Pandora's box. No, that's the scary thing. Did you find out any that's the, did you find out anyone in your family was up to nefarious stuff? Because that's the thing with all the DNA stuff. Everyone is finding out they're they're adopted. That's not your real sister. Thank God, given what people are doing with their sisters these days uh, makes it slightly better, but not much. Did you find out anything that was surprising or the other side is, oh, yeah, I'm just whatever. Yeah, no, I didn't go digging, digging too deep for the reasons that you just mentioned. I didn't want to find out anything that would be hard to live with knowing. But I do assume <laughs> since I am Greek that I did have a few pompous and paranoid ancestors <laughs> who, you know, because Greece is basically like the Al Bundy of countries. You know, we like we we, we always just <laughs> we always just kind of, you know, we brag about the glory days of antiquity, but now we're just kind of like selling shoes the same way Al Bundy used to talk about his high school football days. So I'm sure I have a few pompous and paranoid and Greeks love conspiracy theories. So ancestors, and I'm sure I have a few ancestors because I'm from a small village in Crete that probably did some unsavory things with a goat. Ah, well, that'll happen even in Wisconsin or Texas. That happens. Whatever wild animals are around enough inevitably someone in said community is going to have sex with them. So, yes. you know, in, in it might be a Buffalo in Texas and in, in Wisconsin, there's so many cows, just the law of averages. At some point, somebody is going to have sex with it. So it, it's not, it doesn't reflect the whole though. I mean, every community has that one person who has too good of a time in the fields and never comes home. Yeah. And plus people don't, take into account that this usually happens, like you mentioned, in very rural, um, homogeneous. I, I would, I'd go beyond homogeneous. I'd say pretty like... Family. Uh, with all in the family. Speaking of television shows. Yeah, it's incestuous. I mean, everyone in the little village is related. So actually, <laughs> they're doing a moral thing because they're having sex with someone who they're not related to technically. A goat. A goat. It happens to be a goat, but that's the only thing that's not a cousin <laughs> in that village. So that's a positive. There's always a silver lining. Have you had a chance to get back? Uh, to, I, have I you been you to the to, homeland? Or no? Thought, have or no? Okay. Did you have sex with a goat, a sheep, uh, a horse, a a pig, um, a buffalo? You have to answer. 
Yeah. Um, yeah yes. Right. The answer was a yeah. The answer is yes, but we it was we were it was consensual and we were in a relationship. Well, it sounds like you did a lot of dating in Wisconsin as well. Yeah, I don't want to get me too'd by any animals. Did you have a chance to uh, go back to the homeland? Have you ever visited? Because that to me, I've always I'm actually a dual citizen with Germany, and I always wanted to go back and just spend like a year and try to get immersed in the culture. Because whenever you travel overseas, and I know you have. You know, you you realize there's so much more and there's so much more history. The oldest thing in America is still like brand freaking new. We have nothing that's old. And I love watching. I love seeing old shit that has you can feel the history. Have you had a chance to go back? Yeah, it's so funny you say that. It's, it really in America, everything's new. You go into history. And they're, like, they're like, yeah, this was like John Brown 150 years ago. And then they go, this subway, this subway sandwich store was built 15 <laughs> years ago. And you go, wow, that's all. And uh, yeah, yeah, in Greece, it's like, you know, we go back a couple thousand years. So I've been there. It's gorgeous. Anyone who gets the chance should definitely go before they die, especially to the islands like Santorini, um, uh, Corfu. I mean, it's it, it, it you really you're looking, it almost looks like that's what heaven would look like. You know, yeah. if God had any taste. Whoa, I know who like even if you look at the. If you look at the description of heaven in the Bible, like pearly gates, gold road, it sounds like Trump with the gold toilet. What's yeah. the point of having a gold freaking road? It's a soft metal to begin with. You're going to get your feet stuck on it. It's it's a, such a stupid thing to have for a road. Yeah, that would be funny if you go to heaven and God has tacky taste. Of course it does. The whole, th- the whole entity has tacky taste. The whole damn point is tacky. Yeah. Did you feel like you were gentrifying your homeland because obviously you're Brooklyn born and raised. Um, I love you. When I ran for Brooklyn borough president, you were super sweet. You're a real Brooklynite. What and happened? Did you win? I mean, no, I-, I got 1.8% of the vote. Okay. It was awesome. I, but you know, I actually did. I did get um, a lot of legislation. We, we pushed legislation forth on the L train, which was my main motivation for running. And we got a little documentary out of it. So because it was the L, the L train shut down, not to get too in the weeds, but the Hurricane Sandy fucked with the L train so damn bad. And the L train was the only line from Brooklyn into Manhattan from where I was in Williamsburg, a very gentrified part of Brooklyn, much different from where Yanni grew up, Yanni Pappas. Um, but they were thinking about shutting it down for almost two years. And we said, you got to keep it open. Uh, just shut it down at nights. And that's what they did. Because otherwise, I mean, the economy is already freaking devastated, but... Hell. It doesn't sound like you lost to me. If you got some fire content out of it, that is a success story. Oh, and that era. was yeah, and that was the main thing we were focused on. So it was awesome. Got to hang out with Curtis Sliwa, meet the Guardian Angels. You know yeah. the Guardian Angels, maniacs, wonderful. Yeah, the legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. When it comes to Brooklyn, did you feel like you were gentrifying your own uh, uh, Greece when you went there? Where people were like get out of here, American? You'd be like, no, I am. What? You must have felt like I felt moving to Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, if you don't speak Greek um, to Greeks, they kind of consider it like a disability. They're very, they get very, very disturbed by that, and they go, what happened? What happened? How did, oh. they treat it like you got cancer? They're going, how this happened? <laughs> this is so sad. You don't have partners. You don't have a grandparents. How this happened? So, uh, yeah, I don't think I felt like I was gentrifying, but I definitely felt like I was letting them down, having this oh. face and not being able to speak my native tongue. But, you know, I'm sick of like Greeks and countries going like uh, Americans, you only speak English. It's like that's all we need to speak. Because you know what? What's the other language that they speak? It's always English. So like, well, 
Can't we just meet there? Meet me at those docks. That is true. Although I would, just out of respect, like you were saying, I would like to know a little bit. Last time I was in Berlin, the cab driver in perfect English asked me if I knew German, and I said no. Then he yelled at me for five minutes in perfect English about how I needed to know German or he's not going to talk to me. And then we just sat there after he yelled at me in English for like 15 minutes until I went to uh, God knows whatever club I was going to in Berlin. You got to have fun. The thing about German is it's beautiful when you hear it in an opera. Opera, yeah. German operas sound beautiful, but then when you hear it normal, you it just sounds like somebody's bossing you around. And that no matter brings, what, yeah, no matter what, even if they're saying I love you, it's like Heisen and horse. You're like, take it easy. You're like, I'm trying to say I like you. It says it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like you're telling me to get into that building and take a shower. Absolutely, and that is not fun whatsoever. That is not fun when they tell you to take a shower and you go there and there's no water. No, that's not the point. I I have a feeling they were lying. I have a feeling they were lying. Yeah, that's so the you, thing. That's why you don't want to do the twenty three and me because you don't want to. You know, you I, I twenty. I don't need twenty three and me. It's my immediate family. <laughs> there is. I don't need it. I have a. I have pictures. Yeah, you don't want to find an, an uncle and be like, Jesus Christ! I was in your attic and I saw <laughs> some stuff that you had in the trunk uh, that you. Uh, were, he was like, that was a different era. That was another time. Nobody needs to know uh, too much about themselves. That's what I say. Reimagine yourself. Why, why go back to the past at all? I don't understand the whole, the desire to do it, to find yourself. I say, just create it. And, you know, let somebody else know that you had some horrible ancestor. They'll find out. They'll, you can go on PBS on that show that, uh, that uh, Professor Gates was doing, where he basically just told everyone, like all the white people were like, your ancestors were slave owners, and then it was an hour of white people apologizing. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if they should be apologizing or their ancestors, but what else are you going to do? You don't have a, you can't say, well, it was, you know, you just got, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I remember that show. That was like, that was so hilarious. Just people going, oh, really? Yeah. Yikes. Oh, they weren't perfect. They, they didn't live up to American uh, ideals of today, or maybe they do. And that's also a problem. That's, a, that's yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a lose, lose situation there. What's going on in Brooklyn, Giannis? Well, I don't live in Brooklyn anymore. You're in Queens. You're in Queens. No, I moved out. Here's the thing. Where I'm, are you? I'm in West. I'm in Northern Westchester. I live in the country. Oh my God! When did you do that? I did that last year. I did it. Believe it or not, uh, I bought this house. I can't. I can't picture you outside of Brooklyn. I know. I know. I I made a big leap. I went wow. with it because I have a family. We're having a baby, and I love the country. I don't like the suburbs. I like either the city or the country. So yeah, we moved I'm out to you. the country. And we actually moved in like February. We moved right before the pandemic. So it almost looked like I was in on the virus. Like I knew something. <laughs> yeah, you see, the Greeks are leaving. Whenever the Greeks start leaving, you know something bad's coming. <laughs> Something's up. Yeah. So we got out right before. Like birds before a storm. They're like, the birds are quiet. The Greeks are leaving. Something's happening. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Kurt Russell to make uh, Escape in New York 3 COVID, you know? Yeah, it what it would be extremely boring, and I think Kurt Russell is dead. Kurt Russell might be dead. Yeah, he might be, or at least his dad is dead. So no, I think Kurt Russell is still alive. Still alive. Okay, I'm not even. Did they make say. two or three of those escape from New York? So I think he only he escaped from New York and then he escaped uh, from L.A. And then they they did make a third one called Settled in Florida, but yeah. nobody cared because it was just him on the beach having a good time drinking my ties. <laughs> so you know, but that's a perfect trifecta. Once you escape. L.A. and New York, I firmly believe you need to go to Florida. Yeah. That's the only answer. The dick of the country, it's, it swings for a reason, and you got to go down there and just retire. It's perfect. I agree with you. You got to be. That's that's what the Jews, the Jews are so good at that. They, they're the original snowbirds. They escape for the winter months, and they go down to Florida. So you're out there in Westchester. This pandemic, dude. I mean, obviously, your wife is still alive, although I haven't seen her. I haven't heard from her, so it's possible. But I do know you, that you have a live daughter, so I'm assuming that there must be a wife that's also alive. But this is crazy, man. How have you guys been doing? How have you been holding up? We've been doing great, man. It's a, it's a beautiful area. And, you know, because of the podcast you guys do, I'll just say, if I was to kill my wife, uh -huh. And you live out here. I'd be able to live a couple of weeks normal before anyone knew anything. But how stressful would that be? It would be very stressful unless I was an absolute psychopath. I'd right. be able, yeah, I'd be able to just eat Cheerios and continue. But if you live in the country like this, you can get away with murder for a couple of more weeks. And you right. can also, you, you know, in the city, you just you got no place to put a body. 
There's no place. When we were there, I think the only serial killer that we saw in our in my 15 years in Brooklyn was the duffel bag killer. The duffel bag killer, do you remember him? He was the guy who was this little short Italian guy who went and he shot board, uh, uh, bodega owners. He shot little deli owners. And then he was walking around and he had his duffel bag. And I think he got to kill a total of three. Yeah. And he was on his way to kill another one. But they caught him like immediately because of all the CCTV cameras. And he was super pissed because he didn't. He was more mad about the surveillance than they were mad at him for killing a bunch of people. Right, right. But we had the duffel bag killer. That was a big one. But mostly in New York, it's big pops of violence. And then everything calms down. There's very rarely do you get a full Berkowitz-like situation. Not anymore. And that's what I want to say to you. Do you think serial killers are antiquated now? Do you think they've been sort of... Right. They've know. been sort of pushed out of existence by forensics and cameras. But like then you again, can't, you I can't drunk, get away with murder now. I and you know what? And the, and Ben and Giannis and Ben are doing a new show called The Complaint Section. <laughs> Episode one: You can't get away with murder now. I mean, what, what? We are losing this country. I drove across country from New York to L.A. and definitely saw opportunities. If you were going to kill someone, there's a lot of land still. There is a lot of places to hide a body that no one would ever find. I think the most important thing you would have to do is you would have to disconnect yourself from all the tech, which I think is the most difficult thing. I mean, I bought a new truck out here, and obviously I'm not going to kill anybody. But if I would try to kill somebody with this truck, I'm, I'm in a GPS machine. Right. So you have right. to get like, I don't, if, I don't trust anyone in any cars from 1995 or below. They could be a serial killer. Um, but yeah, in the city, there's really no way to get rid of, there's no way to get rid of the body. There's plenty of people around. I mean, I guess this is the duality of life. You got all the options to kill, but you can't get rid of the body. But then you go to a place where there's copious amounts of places to get rid of a body and no one's freaking around to kill. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to get away with it. And it's funny before forensics and all this technology, um, and DNA and all that, it seemed so easy to get away with it. It seemed like too easy. You, if someone was, if someone didn't see you commit the murder, yeah, I think you 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 got away with it. Don't they say in New York still fifty percent of murders are unsolved? I feel like you can still right. just randomly shoot people. But have you been watching the Night Stalker documentary at all on Netflix? I watched the Night Stalker, and I I just feel like that documentary <laughs> and also the documentary about the Ripper was just as much a documentary about how cops are just really bad at their job. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was like for 10, for, 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 for three seasons, I had to hear about that. All they had was the guy's sneakers in the rip in, in, in the night stock. And like, yep. okay, we know what kind of sneaker he had. And that's all you guys got. I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy, why don't the guy look like he looked like the night stalker. I would have just said, Hey guys, we got we got a description from a survivor. The guy sounds like he looks like the Night Stalker. He's the human chupacabra. Yeah. If anyone sees the scariest looking guy they've ever seen in their entire life, get to a payphone, put a quarter in and call the police. But did you see the sketches they were using that were like, this is him. They took all the composite sketches from these people. I would go. I would rather go to Times Square and ask a caricature artist to draw me a picture of the Night Stalker and trust that more than any of the ones that were created by these people. In how not artistic do you have to be to be an artist that goes into law enforcement? The only like, how do they even choose who's going to be the person who draws the pictures? There's no like. It has to just be somebody who is too fat to to be on the beat. Too fat to like fit in the car. So they're like, you're going to be the guy who draws the pictures of all the faces and just make it look broad so we can arrest anyone. Right. I guess. Uh, yeah. Because they guess, literally did that. <laughs> yeah. They kind of I guess they're the um, they're the uh, the the comedians who fail at comedy and become bloggers. Those are exactly those are like the artists that become sketch uh, sketch police sketch artists. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's like one of the how, crazy. The, how did he get away with it for so long? Well, I mean, that's a great point because there was another moment in the Night Stalker documentary where the main or one of the main cops and, you know, granted, they caught him and they got screwed over this. No one was talking to each other. It was a nightmare. They tried their best. And there were some good cops in that uh, in that story, uh, especially the dude who also found the hillside stranglers and stuff. There was just a lot of people dying in L.A. apparently during that time. Yeah. But there was one guy who was like, 
we need the Night Stalker to kill again so we can get more information. <laughs> like, what? This is the answer? Is we need him to do it again? Right, it's like, right. can't they just, I don't know. I guess it's it's different. So there are some good things to be monitored constantly, which is, uh, you know, the odds of your grandmother or yourself getting uh, killed and worse in your home by some ragged tooth stink breast, stink breath and stink breast motherfucker has lowered a little bit i like to think anyway so that's kind of good it's it's not it's not easy to get with you're gonna get caught nowadays you're gonna get caught that must have been a pretty big adjustment for you though going out to westchester i mean you got the woods you got the sky you got the stars that must have been trippy i thought you were about to say it must be a big adjustment for you that you can't murder people anymore and that is also a big adjustment yeah that was that i had to accept that i said you know what you can't get away with this anymore Time to change it up. Well, was there a, was there a Greek mob versus the uh, Italian mob? Because I know a bit of, a bit more of the Italians being in Williamsburg, but was there a big Greek? Was there a big fight? There wasn't a big fight, and, and you know, speaking of the mafia, I think those are the two things that have kind of been um, that have kind of been uh, re- they they've kind of been rendered out of existence is the mafia and serial killers because the mafia has gone too. The mafia, I think they're re- all just in politics now. They're in exactly. <laughs> I think they're like more. I think they're just making the legislation now. I mean, you look at the mobsters used to just make money through gambling, and then the state was like, "We're going to start doing lotto." Okay, so you're. I'm sorry they they didn't they weren't upset with gambling. They were upset they weren't getting their money. Yeah, no, it was a big adjustment for me. Um, I never lived anywhere uh, outside of a city. Even when I moved to Miami, I lived in the city. When I lived in D.C., went to school there. I lived in the city. So coming out here, this is a true story. The first night I was here somebody in the neighborhood was firing off fireworks and I thought it was an active shooter situation. So I crawled into like the, I crawled into the garage with my dog and I was like crawling on the floor. I called my friend who lives not far from here. And I, what about I said, your I wife and daughter? You just took the dog to the garage. That was your big thing as a family man. Yeah. I mean, that's how much of a dog lover I am. She's third. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't here yet. I was okay. up here first. Like uh, I was here because I was waiting for like a mattress delivery and then somebody set off fireworks. And I really thought that in, in my brain, I truly believed, which is how this is how this is how warped New York is and how we all have Stockholm syndrome and it's an abusive relationship. Like I truly believed there was a shooter out there. And then I called my friend. He laughed at me. He goes, he's like, that doesn't happen out here. Like you don't ever it's never going to happen. At first, I was putting like cardboard boxes over the windows. I was like, people can see in. There's nobody out here. All you see is deer. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, did you? I know that you are. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on guns, but I would assume now that you're in the middle of nowhere, the idea of having a gun in the middle of nowhere versus in a city is quite different because there's, you know, you could probably get a couple now. I have one. Yeah. See, I'm. Wow. A, yeah. And yeah, it's like people don't. I, I, w- I hope people can talk more like adults about those things. Cause like you said, yeah, living out here, you know, it's like if somebody breaks in my house and the cops, I call the cops, it's going to take them like 20 minutes to get here. I oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But of course you should have more gun control in the city because like if everyone's strapped and you're on the train and an argument starts and everyone has a gun, I mean, the, it's going to end like a Quentin Tarantino movie, like reservoir dogs where everyone just shoots each other. Cause it's like dense and everyone's, you know, everyone's, um, <laughs> surly and somebody pushes somebody yeah. else but the thing is in new york if that did happen it would just be like third avenue and then some the doors would open and someone would just step off and go to work you'd be like nah god damn i'm gonna be late for work jesus christ you stop this please i've got a job interview yeah people don't care <laughs> like the thing you're right when it comes to stockholm syndrome in new york you are right it's super expensive it's brutal everything is t- it just everything is difficult and at the same time, you know, it tells you how great it is, like constantly. Although, of course, we would have to mention starting comedy, especially stand up or sketch, whatever, starting in the entertainment industry, starting in New York, it's the best base because you're it's going to toughen you up. It's cliche, but it really does work. We've been at, we've we've had shows where you feel like you're a fighter, not a comedian. You know, showtime, like, and all of a sudden you're in a bar. My least favorite story, I think we're at a spot called The Blind Pig. It was the NHL playoffs, and the person started a comedy show, and I was one of the comedians that was like, I'm with everybody in this bar. What the fuck are we doing? It's the NHL playoffs, and they muted the TV. It was a damn riot. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, no, it definitely toughens you up. It's good for that. 
but it is an abusive relationship. It really, truly is like being in an abusive relationship where somebody's gaslighting you all the time, telling all you how time. great they are. And yeah, you just get on the subway. There's uh, you guys see some guys junkies. It smells like ass. <laughs> it's a, it's like 115 degrees down there during the summer. And it's just like, there's rats everywhere. I mean, the funk there, the, there is a peak summer, Subway funk. You can't describe it. You got to live it. It's uh, it's incredible. And you know, the nice thing is about New York, billionaires, millionaires, thousandaires, hundredaires, and negative whatever, they all walk down the same freaking street, which is my favorite thing. The one thing about LA that I've noticed is it's very segregated by pretty large swaths of land. In New York, Harlem is right by the Upper East Side, West Side. You know, I mean, it's all very, I mean, Manhattan is six miles long. So I do love, I miss that aspect of it where the very wealthy and the very poor would get together. But then it's also a little dystopian because you see people on the same slab of land with totally different lives. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. And the way that the city, the city was built for walking. So it's uh, it, people do interact with each other and it's it's more it's advantageous to take the train. So that's why you'll see like Keanu Reeves in the train, not yep. necessarily because he wants to be on the train, but it's like that's the only way to get sometimes downtown yeah. in like a, a reasonable amount of time. Sometimes it could take you more that the island, like you said, the island's only six six miles. It's very narrow. So it's like sometimes it could take you longer to get from a, a one state to another than just to get cross town during a Abs- rush hour. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't like everyone was like talking about L.A. traffic. And so far, it's not nearly as bad as New York, because at the very least, they have roads here. Yeah. Which I found to be kind of nice. But anyway, we're talking with Jan, or I'm talking me, the 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 whatever we um Talking with Giannis Pappas, blowing the light is the comedy special. Uh, anything before we go comedy wise? How has stand up been going? I know this whole thing has been absolutely insane. The uh, entire entertainment industry has been freaking shattered by all this COVID stuff. But my God, it's got to be nice to be out of New York and being able to get in a car and drive to gigs and stuff now. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing too much stand up. I mean, we were both, you know, uh, we were doing the podcast History Hyenas. It yep. was. We grew so much during uh, the the pandemic, and that's basically what I did. I, I think I've only done like five shows since Corona. So I'm doing – I got a few booked now, but, yeah, I mean, it was mostly the podcast, and it was fun. I mean, I had a lot oh, of fun man. just doing the podcast, yeah. The History Hyena podcast, absolutely fantastic. I don't know. I, w- I wish that you guys were doing it and yabbing together still, but whatever. People can go find those archives. And I was on one episode talking about the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, which is a fantastic piece of wrestling history. And uh, we, we had a great freaking time, but now you got this podcast long days. Yeah. And uh, what, the, what's long days about with Giannis Pappas? Right. Because right. I know you also do a lot, sorry to interrupt, but I know you do a lot with politics. I know you've been really engaged with a lot of the different things going around. You're just, you're, you have your nose. Uh, you're, you're smelling what's going on in this country. So what's long days all about? What can people expect from this new hit podcast? Yeah, it's it's off to a great start, and uh, I'm thankful to all the History Hyena fans who came over to that. It's great. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm basically a scalawag. You know, I'm, I'm a little mischievous. I'm a little rascal, so I love to stir the pot with politics and, and make fun of both sides and talk about trending topics and just go off uh, on, um, you know, on rants and stream of consciousness rants and uh, 
and just have fun, make comedy. You have always been so amazing at the stream of consciousness um, performance. With stand-up, um, I remember you would come into, I mean, we used to do, we've done shows for years, and you can just riff for 15 minutes, I mean, obviously even longer if given the time, but most of the shows in New York, you're going to get around 18 to 15, or 8 to 15 minutes, and you can just go. Like, that skill set, has, I mean, first of all, how's that skill? Have you been able to hold on to that skill set because of, you know, having limited live performance? I'm sure podcasts help, but there's still no like crowd that kind of, you don't, you, they don't, sh they don't shift it too much, but you know, you can kind of look at a face and be like, you know, you, you're trying to get some smiles in there every now and again, get some thinkers as well. But like that, that skill set is so freaking unique and you just nailed it. And uh, I mean, that's just something that I think is really lost in today's like entertainment and stand-up comedy. Yeah. That yeah. that sense of like the tightrope, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I think uh, I've been able to expand on it because of podcasts, because podcasts is all, you know, you, you have your outlines, you have your topics or whatever, and then you just kind of riff on it and make comedy out of the topic as opposed to knowing what your jokes are going in and spending all this time honing them. So it's a totally different muscle that um, that is – has been brought to you know brought to the culture now be, through technology and it's yeah it, it's a different muscle and i yeah we there was a time we were doing shows every, we were doing a live show on patreon every morning we had a morning show so i feel really in shape when it comes to that and it's yeah. been fun to just funnel that all into uh yanni long days and so with the with like the stand up and stuff, was that kind of what you did going in? You just sort of had a topic because a lot of stand ups, they'll write everything down verbatim. You have people like Mark Norman, who is really, really tight. And, you know, it's great for that reason as well. But then you have different kind of stand ups with just different approaches. And uh, maybe they have maybe they remember certain things they have written down or whatever. But did you, did you just have a topic and then like circle around it in your brain or like how did you do a lot of that stuff? Because. I used to see you. I mean, I saw you multiple nights or multiple times in in the same night and the bit would be entirely different and crush. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of especially early on. That was kind of my writing process. What I would kind of, I would go up with kind of an idea and swirl around in my head and then put it like you said, tightrope walk, put it on stage yeah. so you can either sink or swim with it. And that pressure would make me come up with the funny and sometimes it wouldn't work, but when it did, I would remember it. And then that's how I would craft okay. my bits. I would craft my bits on stage. My writing was on stage always. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people like to have that writing safety net, but yeah, my, my writing was in on neither, which I think is the most important. There's no writing. There's mostly grunts, <laughs> Just grunts. mostly grunts, a couple of, a couple of farts every now and again for a French crowd. They'll laugh. They'll laugh. Farts are, I think the fart is the true king of comedy. It, it always has been, always will we be. We are all chasing the fart. It, it makes my dog Jerry laugh. And if it makes a dog laugh and a baby laugh and an adult laugh, that's the king of freaking comedy. Nobody will ever be as funny as a, an ill-timed or well-timed fart, depending on how you look at it. Especially when Giuliani does it. Rudy yeah. Giuliani, this freaking <laughs> maniac. <laughs> What a have you noticed? What's have you uh, adjusted? Okay, I mean, I guess you haven't had too much time to really hang out in the community there in Westchester, but you're probably going to meet some people you disagree with. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I don't mind that. I mean, you know, it used to that in this country's gotten so uh, so divided and so childish about those things. It used to be it was no big deal. You had Democrats and Republicans sometimes right. in your own family, you know, and it was like. Wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal? Like I have a joke on my special where I go, you know, it was back then. It was like, you know, your dad was a Republican because he owned a business, and your yeah. your mom was a Democrat because she lived off of him, you know. And it was like, <laughs> it wasn't that big a deal. I mean, you know, it was everything was a little more center, and people kind of leaned right or leaned left more. And of course, people hated each other and argued and stuff. But now sure. it's got to this point where, you know, everyone's calling everyone evil, and it's like. Um, I think the I think social media has done that. I think yeah, I'm I actually I actually blame the uh, the tech companies because what they've done is they've allowed all these fake accounts to kind of sow all this discord, right. uh, these bots, because it inflates their engagement and it, it, it inflates their membership, their engagement, and then it it makes their apps look more profitable, more right. You know, so it's like they they they've let it happen. 
They haven't cleaned Absolutely. up the fake accounts until until the country's been on fire. So now <laughs> we're, we're going, hey, why are we on fire? And they're going, I don't know. We didn't do anything. It's just, you know, there's oh, there's 10 people on Twitter. The rest are fake robots. Absolutely. Get off, especially get off of Twitter and Facebook. Instagram, I like the pictures of dogs. I look at pictures of dogs. So that's kind of key. And steak videos. But I, who are these assholes? And it's ridiculous to me. That's, I mean, that's what I say when it comes to Twitter. People always say, don't read the comments. Twitter is the comment section for life. You are the star of your own story. You don't need to go on to Twitter. You don't need, like, you're good. You're the artist or whatever it is. Just it's, And it also, it really warps the brain. It's not good for the arts. In any, it's not good if you're a construction worker or, an, or, or a painter or a comedian. or it, It's just not good for your brain. It's really and, not. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like porn for thoughts. It's like thought porn. It's bad. Bad thought porn. Nasty thought porn. Absolutely. So only look at it five times a day. Yeah, it warps your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Giannis Pappas, blowing the light. Check out this special. Uh, it's been good to talk to you, man. I'm happy you're doing good. Long days with Giannis Pappas. Uh, man, your kid's doing good. How is that? We didn't even get to that. How has that been? I, w- I think you're probably a great father. You can spin a bunch of lies real fast. <laughs> How much do you have to lie to a kid every day just to get them to bed at night? Yeah, well, she's only four months, so she's oh my God. sleeping a lot. But uh, it's it, it's a life changer. It's the most amazing thing. Uh, is she considered? Is she considered a quarantini? Is she a baby? Is she a quarantine baby? No, no. She was uh, she was conceived before quarantine. Yeah, oh, she was conceived okay. before quarantine, and then, um, but she is the, the beginning of her life is in quarantine. Yeah, like she, I don't think she'll be able to recognize her parents because we're just wearing masks all the time. Oh. So, yeah, I think I think she thinks we're Muslim because of it. You know, we're just oh. always covered up. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, she doesn't relate too much to home invaders in the future. Yeah. Well, I'm getting, <laughs> and I'm getting to know her. You know, I'm getting to know her. It's like people say you love your kid, and yeah, I love my kid, but I don't trust her yet. She doesn't oh, do anything yeah. for me. She Not hasn't yet. proved herself. Four months. When When's the job? You got to start making some money. You know, one disgusting thing, unless you're going to do it, in which case I'll have to t- say it's fine to your face and say it's disgusting behind your back. People who exploit their children, speaking of social media, I was talking to one of my friends here at a bar outside, and he was telling me he, he hangs out with people who have five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and they'll be at a party and they'll say, oh, we got to go home and upload and edit this to Instagram. And it makes me nauseous. What are your thoughts on on children, on parents making the children the center of their social media personalities? Leave, I think, leave the fucking kid alone. I agree with you. I think it's weird, especially if you have any followers who aren't like your close friends. Yeah. Like I understand if like you have a private account and like all your friends and family follow or whatever. But, but even even then. Even then, you know, like your best friend is sterile. And then all of a sudden you're going to post nothing but pictures. I don't, I just feel like it's like ridiculous. You know, like somebody, whatever it is, somebody just lost a dog. And you're like, here's all the pictures of my dog or whatever it is. It can be, uh, not that, I mean, I post a lot of pictures of my dogs, but it can be what I'm saying. A little bit rude. <laughs> yeah, it's a little rude. And you're right. Now that you've pointed it out that way, they perhaps should be in prison for it. It is, it is rude. It is not... What they're doing is kind of like a high crime and misdemeanor. Yeah. It's nastiness. It's nasty. It's nasty. It's honey boo boo online. Yes. It's not good. You're going to lead. The kids are going to be destroyed. They're all going to hate you. That's my only faith in the, in the future is the kids rebel against all of this shit. They have to, right? Like they're going to look at social media and rebel against all of it. I really think they will. I think they, I think every generation rebels against the one before. So I think the the generation's coming up now. Uh, will Please God. yeah, they'll have like uh, their own gardens on the roof and stuff like that, and maybe they will murder TikTok kids. They might actually oh. just murder TikTok kids. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, aren't you working? I got to let you go here, but you're working on a TikTok dance, right? I am. Yeah, I'm trying to become <laughs> the only like forty something year old TikToker, and so <laughs> do you uh, feel like that's the beginning of the end for TikTok? Because I feel like whenever I start saying a word that's cool, I know what's on the way out. Like if I say, I, "What's what is a fun word that the kids were saying that I said, and then and that, it's not said anymore." 
I don't know. Yeah, but it happens all the time. I was on Clubhouse. I love that app. It's so funny. And yeah, you can do these like sarcastic rooms. And so I did this topic. Oh, I'll of, say it slaps. Oh, it slaps. Yeah. And that's out. That's out already. Yeah, that's out. Because I said it. I said it like one time. I was like, that slaps. And then it was immediately out of the lexicon because I said it, which is perfect because that was that's why I did it. Yeah. I mean, TikTok is horrible. It's a really it's like looking into hell. It's a. Uh, it's uh, it's really like all these pedophile. I mean, these kids are like fourteen. They they're like naked Ugh. dancing, and um, it's uh, I think I think the China, the CCP, the CCP created this app and they named it TikTok because they know that America is close to its end. I love it, TikTok. One dance, one dance, crazy at a time. It's yeah. I mean, it's really oh, if there's an opposite of culture, it's TikTok. I agree. Blowing the light, Giannis Papas, long days. With Giannis Pappas, Giannis Pappas as well. Check out the podcast. Check out the special. Uh, you can listen to the archives of History Hyenas to hear his beautiful voice, to know exactly what uh, goes on in the wonderful mind of the Greek god that is Mr. Pappas. And uh, any other characters that you've been coming up with lately? Yeah, Anything? I have uh, a few that are, that people really like. Is um, Derek from Florida. He's like a he's a bar <laughs> owner from Tallahassee, Florida, brother. And uh, yeah, he's just he's Florida to the bone. And um and uh, there's Luke St. Simon. Um, he's he's kind of just puts everyone on notice. He's just kind of a woke kid who's just trying to check everyone. And then um yeah, and then um and then Sean Terry Loud of fourteen. He's like a firefighter, like a Republican firefighter from like oh, you know man. one of the out of one of the kid. You know he's like he's like a firefighter from the out of boroughs. Like doesn't go to the city. Like if he goes to the Brooklyn Bridge, he'll you know bring his passport to the to the Brooklyn Bridge because <laughs> he feels like he's supposed to have his passport to get into the city. So those are fun. And um, I love it, man. I do those on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Yanni long days. I do characters um, and people. Yeah. People are liking those new ones, especially Derek. He's kind of really people are having fun with him. Hell He's yeah. Florida, Florida, Florida is an amazing place. You're right. It is kind of like uh, America's penis. It, it is the shape. It's the way it acts. Y-A-N-N-I-S-P-A-P-P-A-S. Yannis Pappas, Yannis Pappas, Yannis Pappas. Go to his uh, Instagram specifically. You got a lot of followers on there. Funny ass dude and a great man. Yannis, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Ben. And say hello to the boys for me. Say hello uh, to Henry and Marcus for me. I will. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Yannis Pappas. He's still listening, by the way. So don't tell him. Don't boo. Don't boo him right now. We loved him. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you again next week. As always, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as mcdonald's transforms into the anime world of wickdonald's the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili mcdonald's sauce to make your 10-piece wick nuggets fries and sprite ultra powerful unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wickdonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba go and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time while supplies last In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.